It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. KFI AM640 handle here in uh, the morning crew on a Thursday, April 8th. Going to be a nice sunny day today. I had thought that uh, gun control uh, talk was gone, just done, and the NRA had won, uh, especially after Sandy Hook, in which uh, 20 kindergartens or elementary school students were gunned down. Uh, and then you had the Pulse nightclub. Well, prior to that, then you uh, had uh, the uh, shoot 'em up uh, over in Thousand Oaks. And uh, like all over the country, I mean, just uh, mass shootings after mass shootings. In the last couple of weeks, we've had two of them. Actually, we've had more than that, but two have made uh, national headlines. Uh, I guess it's just the number uh, that uh, makes it a mass shooting. And quite often we talk about is two the number, is three the number of killings or shootings? And we don't know. So uh, talk has come up again about gun violence and gun control. And I was kind of surprised because uh, I had said over and over again, I stopped talking about it, uh, even though you know where I sit on that. And that's because uh, the power of the NRA, the power of the Republican Party, uh, the uh, lack of uh, the interest in America, a serious interest about gun control, and even those that are serious can't compare with the NRA. Well, what has changed? Because there now is talk. As a matter of fact, the president today is uh, going to uh, have uh, a speech and uh, he is going to talk about uh, executive actions to reduce gun violence. And uh, he's had five or six uh, different uh, avenues that he's going to go with. Uh, Some make all the sense of the world. Some make no sense. Uh, But the point is, how did this serious? How did this become serious again? How did gun control rear its head? Well, a couple of changes. The NRA is uh, losing uh, its power, its grip. It's nowhere near the power that it had. Uh, And uh, people, enough people are just sick and tired of uh, kids, people getting shot up uh, with, uh, uh, you know, people. So uh, you have these uh, gun-toting animals uh, who are uh, overrunning schools and locking doors and getting in and just gutting down innocent people. Uh, and also, there's a brand new administration in town. There's a new sheriff in town uh, where you had a previous administration, uh, the uh, Trump administration, that was adamantly in favor of uh, gun advocates, totally in favor of the NRA. I mean, just just it's it wasn't even close to being one sided. Well, it's gone the other way. Now you have an administration that is actually arguing gun control and tries to is going to try to. Uh, have uh, some lowering of this. Uh, Although I must tell you, the gun advocates are far more powerful. Uh, And they have, uh, not that they have more people in the country, it's that they have more people truly engaged and are scared to death of any kind of gun control. You know, for example, expanding background checks. First Amendment violation, you can't do that. Or one of uh, the propositions of the Biden administration is to... Uh, limit uh, the uh, ghost guns 
Ghost guns can be purchased. You buy a kit that has uh, every part of a gun. And the only thing that's left is, let's say, the trigger, uh, which has to be milled. And they give you instructions and they give you a template. And you go to your local hardware store and get uh, you rent uh, some kind of a router uh, that can route out metal. Very easy to do. And then you put it all together. You now have uh, a weapon. And uh, no registration, no, no, no number whatsoever, no serial number, no way to track it down. And uh, the Biden administration and others are saying, you can't have that. You know, these ghost guns, matter of fact, in California, uh, the uh, law enforcement officials have estimated three in 10 guns recovered from crimes here in the state are ghost guns. Well, the Republicans are saying uh, making ghost guns, non-ghost guns, like every other weapon that does have a serial number, is a violation of the Second Amendment rights. You have an absolute right to have a ghost gun. Uh, now, that's easy to change because all the government has to do is reclassify ghost guns as guns under federal law. And then there are other programs that do, doesn't make a, don't make a lot of sense. $5 billion over the eight years uh, for community violence intervention. I don't even know what that means. Uh, deter violence using tools other than putting people in prison, rehab, that sort of thing. Conflict intervention, connecting people with social service agencies. Uh, that's a, come on, really? That's a stretch. But there are some specifics can be done. Background checks specifically. Expanding those waiting periods. California has a 10-day waiting period. Other states have no waiting period whatsoever. You walk in, uh, there is a background check, which is very cursory. There's a database held by the FBI. You check it. The name isn't on it. Here's your gun. Thank you. Goodbye. Uh, so those restrictions, which you know, certainly in my mind makes sense, and in most Americans' minds make sense, uh, it's not going to happen, or it's going to be very, very difficult. Why? Because Congress... The Senate and the House have to pass those bills, uh, and uh, it's simply not going to happen. Republicans are lockstep uh, uh, in with each other, with the gun advocates, and until it changes completely. And I don't know how many more shootings it's going to take. Uh, as I've said, uh, it could happen every week. You could have kindergartners mowed down every single week, and that's not going to change. Because of the fanaticism of the gun lobby. I mean, it is, um, it, you, you have that level of engagement that you don't have uh, in any other area of politics. I'm convinced of that. A lot of controversy regarding the Georgia statute uh, and uh, voting restrictions of which uh, the governor say, governor of uh, Georgia says, they're not restrictions at all. As a matter of fact, uh, what Georgia's done is expanded uh, the voting opportunities. So where's the controversy? Well, the controversy is uh, that uh, it really is voting restrictions for minorities. Uh, it's more difficult for minorities to make it to the ballot box. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's one drop-off box per county, uh, where in other states there are dozens around the state and per county. So moving to another uh, deeply red state, and Georgia now is purple. Uh, Georgia is, has sent its two senators uh, who are Democrats, 
to Congress, and that was uh, a shocker. So there is one red state that has truly expanded voting rights, and that's Kentucky, which is uh, a shocker. Uh, The law in Kentucky establishes three days of early voting in the state, uh, which is expanded, uh, introduced voting centers that would allow for more in-person balloting options, just more uh, and uh, in in areas uh, creating districts in which uh, minorities had a harder time getting there, creates an online portal to register and request ballots, uh, allows voters to fix problem with absentee ballots. If an absentee ballot uh, is incorrect and it's pointed out, Uh, because uh, a signature doesn't match, for example, uh, then the voter can cure it right there at uh, the ballot box or with another mail-in. Now, uh, Kentucky, it wasn't hard because uh, Kentucky had pretty miserable voting rights. It had some of the tightest voting laws in the country before 2020. Uh, There wasn't a single day of early voting. There was very strict limits on absentee balloting. So, the uh, the push in Kentucky and other states, uh, including uh, Virginia, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, uh, which are held by the Democrats, uh, reflect a really odd outcome of this pandemic. Uh, this is uh, th- that was the most challenging election in 2020 in about a hundred years, and uh, changes to expand access to the bol- uh, uh, ballot box are front and center. So what happened here in Kentucky, which is so different. Republicans and Democrats alike have supported this bill, expanding voting rights, as a welcome bipartisan achievement. Now, voting rights activists are a limited, uh, a little bit more muted, and they're saying, wait a minute, wait, which is this is good, but it's a uh, relatively limited scope. So even those that are saying, and eh, that's not enough, are being quiet about it. Now, even with that, uh, Kentucky's voting rules remain uh, stricter than that of Georgia, uh, which overhauled its system. So we're coming from a system in which uh, Republican-controlled legislators change the rules of voting, which every legislator can do uh, under the Constitution uh, because states control, and depending on the party in power, And uh, this happens with either party, with uh, one party gerrymandering districts, so uh, it always wins certain districts, uh, to uh, the very process of voting. But if you look at Kentucky, you know, pretty good news. And why is Kentucky jumping at it? Well, even with the really restricted uh, voting, uh, Republicans picked up seats. And even with expanded voting, Republicans picked up seats saying, "Okay, we won. So uh, let's not get too unhappy with the uh, the new voting rules. Today, Derek Chauvin trial continues uh, and concentrating on Floyd's uh, drug use. So that was yesterday and the defense saying that's what caused his death, uh, not Derek Chauvin's knee. It's kind of an interesting take on uh, that defense. So uh, as we continue talking about uh, the trial, and uh, it is going to stay uh, in our conversation until the trial is over, and then subsequent to that, uh, I want to point something out, uh, the importance of uh, the death of uh, George Floyd. Uh, I think a lot of us were taken for a loop as to the extent of the reaction 
we were all horrified. There was no question about it, especially the way Derek, uh, Derek Chauvin with his hands in his pocket and just complete disregard uh, for uh, George Floyd's health. And as George Floyd was dying in front of him, complete disregard. All right. So uh, with that, uh, the extent of the reaction was far beyond, which I thought was simply how policing was going to change. It has fundamentally changed society. I mean, this is very far reaching. And so that's one of the reasons I think way why the trial is being televised. I think the judge recognizes that. Now, why is this different? You didn't see trials before in Minnesota. They don't let Minnesota trials uh, be televised. It took the pandemic. It took the extent of uh, the reaction for uh, Judge uh, Peter K. Hill to allow uh, the uh, televising it. Uh, And why is that? Well, as he said, usually members of the public have the right to observe courtroom proceedings. Here, the limitations are such because of the pandemic that that has really been reduced. Uh, Usually it's safe for crowd to gather uh, outside or even inside a courtroom or in an overflow room with the closed circuit TVs, but not normal times, uh, not a normal trial. And so what Judge Cahill said, because of the enormity, the importance of this trial, and clearly realizes that this is beyond just any normal trial. And it's beyond the OJ trial, which we were all riveted to. The OJ trial doesn't change society and didn't change society. Uh, This trial did and is and will. So uh, the judge established some limitations, which uh, I think are appropriate and I think is going to turn out uh, to uh, be recognized as appropriate. First of all, jurors are not to be seen. That's typical when a televised trial is happening. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, the jurors, when they know they're on television, are going to react very differently. They know they're being watched, and uh, that can actually skew the jurors uh, when they spend time wondering uh, how they look like and uh, they're uh, you know, wondering about their hair and makeup, uh, usually the women. Also, uh, it's just a different, a different animal when people are on camera all day. Uh, so that's off the table. Witnesses absolutely can be televised. Uh, The judge, of course, can be televised and the attorneys on both sides are allowed to be televised. But have you noticed that it's only uh, they are uh, way shots up? You don't see them sitting down at the table. You don't see them uh, looking through their papers uh, so that the television cameras can zoom in on the paperwork and you have some idea of where they're going, maybe some notes, maybe uh, a question written down, a note taking, uh, that's not to be seen at all. That's where the judge uh, ordered uh, the uh, television cameras not to go. And uh, uh, that was so important, incidentally, uh, the camera work uh, that uh, Cahill ordered that a, a ple- the plexiglass partition be removed during jury selection. Why? Because you could partially see uh, a juror's uh, face in a reflection and the judge said, no, no, we're going to have none of that. Absolutely none of that during the course of this trial. And uh, I think the judge is doing an extraordinary job. And uh, what he did is accept the fact, keep in mind, I mean, there were news outlets and uh, the activists in the court 
that were going crazy petitioning the court to allow the televised uh, trial. And uh, the judge realizing, uh, yeah, this is uh, different. I think he's going to be given a lot of credit for this uh, because now we know, we can see it. I mean, I'm riveted to this. Uh, I literally leave the studio and boom, I'm at home and I'm watching CNN or Court TV. CNN is covering this thing far more than Fox. Uh, Fox has its usual, uh, Joe Biden is ruining America, uh, the border is out of control, uh, which is fine. I mean, it's uh, that's the way television works today and, quote, news outlets work uh, because there are now really opinion outlets. Uh, but uh, I, uh, the only place where it really is bumper to bumper, uh, jowl to jowl, wall to wall is court TV. Uh, totally riveted by it. Right now, uh, there's a pulmonology expert on the stand uh, and uh, he is explaining how uh, it was asphyxia, that he died of lack of, uh, of oxygen uh, and is testifying there's absolutely no way uh, that George Floyd's check could have expanded properly to breathe uh, once uh, uh, Derek Chauvin's knee was on his neck and even his shoulder as the defense is trying to establish that for a lot of the time it was the knee on shoulder. Therefore, his uh, breath was uh, not curtailed. All right, so moving to the border. And that has become very, very big news. And why? Well, because uh, this is becoming a a real issue. And I want to go through uh, a few reasons why there is such a crisis at the border, both practical, uh, also perception uh, is here, and uh, also the basic philosophy of the Biden administration. So we start with what is actually happening. Conditions in Central America have simply gotten worse. Uh, It is tough, especially in uh, uh, the Northern Triangle countries, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Uh, They have environmental, economic, uh, governance changes, uh, but the overwhelming cause, people come to the United States for economic opportunity, they always have. It's a question of there is no work in Central America Uh, When there is work in Central America, it is sporadic, it is very low-paying, and it's simply hard to feed a a family. Keep in mind that you have a political atmosphere in which uh, the cartels literally run those countries. I've often shared the story of uh, our housekeeper, former nanny, uh, Maria, comes from El Salvador, and she has had family members shot literally dragged out of their houses and shot. And uh, she gets that information from uh, family members who have survived. And she came here many, many, many years ago and uh, obviously made the right choice. So now you have people coming to the border, uh, mainly for economic reasons, uh, also for safety reasons, but they want to feed their family. For example, in Honduras, uh, the government is uh, constantly uh, the target of accusations of corruption and coalition with uh, the drug gangs. Let me tell you how bad it has gotten. Uh, The accusation is that the president, Juan Orlando Hernandez, is directly involved in international drug trafficking. And, of course, he denies it. That's not true. His brother last month was sentenced to life in prison in the United States for drug trafficking. 
That's the pre- the brother of the president of Honduras. Then you have human smuggling to deal with, which just increases uh, the number of people coming to the border. It has become an international trade. Uh, the cartels, uh, the gangs are now in human smuggling. They're charging big money to bring people across the border. And you have families that are spending their life savings not to come across the border uh, as a family group, but sending their children because they're unaccompanied minors. And here is the difference between the Trump administration and the Biden administration. The Trump administration really made no difference to to, uh, the administration between unaccompanied minors and uh, families trying to cross the border. When anybody was captured, was caught by the Border Patrol, they went back. Well, the Biden administration looks at it very differently. If an unaccompanied minor is picked up on the other side of the border, our side of the border, uh, that minor is immediately taken into U.S. custody, given to the Border Patrol for up to 72 hours or less, usually a longer, placed under the HHS, uh, the, uh, uh, the HHS department, uh, their services, which is what uh, is such a controversy because they're setting up these camps. They're setting up these these centers, if you will, and then trying to find someone who can sponsor that child. And everybody knows about it in uh, uh, every single person knows about it in Central America, South America, Mexico. Word spreads, spreads very, very quickly. And this is a billion dollar business, by the way, when we're talking about smuggling children and They know, the parents know, there really is no legal pathway for them to come across the border. They're going to be deported. Their children, however, if unaccompanied, are going to get into the system. And the long-term plan is if my kid has a pathway to citizenship, gets a green card, now I can be sponsored and eventually uh, the family will uh, be allowed to come over. Uh, That's sort of pie in the sky, but the thinking is that under the Biden administration, perceived as much more humane, perceived as much more welcoming, even if it is not true when it comes to people coming to the border and the border shutting down, we're not talking about massive numbers of people that are coming in. Uh, The number of asylum seekers hasn't changed. Uh, It is still difficult as hell. There There are still those questioning uh, the question that happens at the border. Uh, it really is only the unaccompanied minors that, that uh, are entering the United States and will be able to stay here. It's a different world. So now, because of this administration, because of the perception of uh, Joe Biden, uh, because of the cartels coming into the business and saying, I'll take your kid, And uh, I will take care of your kid. You don't just send him up. Uh, The child will be safe. And people are so desperate they believe it. That's what's going on with the border right now. And we'll see if that changes again. Now, uh, the recall of Governor Newsom. This is a a story that came out of NBC, and I wanted to share it with you. It was an analysis and uh, a little bit of history. And uh, what ends up happening with this recall Uh, or any recall here in California. It turns into a circus. I mean, that's what happened last time. Matter of fact, uh, on Tuesday, Axios reported that Caitlyn Jenner uh, is considering entering the governor's race, assuming that the recall petition qualifies for the ballot. 
And it's not just her announcing, here we are. Uh, I'm thinking of running. Oh, no, she's hired a consultant uh, fundraiser. So she's uh, looking at it very, very carefully. What Here's what's going to happen with Jenner. Uh, the first of what strategists believe is going to be a long line of celebrity and novelty candidates. And that's going to mirror what happened in 2003. Uh, 2003. Uh, that was Mary Carey, the adult film star. I interviewed her. Former child actor Gary Coleman, I interviewed him. Uh, Hustler publisher Larry Flint, I don't remember if I interviewed him. There were more than 100 would-be governors. And ultimately, Arnold Schwarzenegger won. uh, And a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is uh, an action movie hero. Although he's a very smart guy. I mean, this guy, this uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is worth several hundred million dollars, self-made. So here we go. 20 years later, we're at it again. Big difference. Uh, First of all, none of the three Republican contenders have announced, uh, who have announced uh, they're going to run, have any name recognition similar to Schwarzenegger's. Matter of fact, none of them have uh, the same name recognition of uh, porno star Mary Carey, which goes to show you how many people actually watch porno, and she's that well-known. You've got uh, uh, San Francisco Mayor Kevin Faulkner, former, uh, is the front runner, looks like, but he's not known outside of Southern California. John Cox, businessman, lost to Newsom by double digits in 2018. You've got a member of uh, Congress uh, who ran for governor in 2018 and dropped out of the race because no one knew who he was, and still no one knew, knows who he did, uh, know who he is or what he did. And uh, so uh, we're looking at uh, a very different animal. Also, Gray Davis put us in a deep, deep rut in terms of the deficit and what happened with the, uh, the scandal with our grid system, the electrical system. Well, let's look at what's going on with Gray Davis, right? Hugely unpopular when the pandemic is going South as it's getting better and better in California and California now is one of uh, the winning States. People are looking and it's being reported that California is a good place to be, particularly L.A. uh, and Orange County, where, what, 70, 80 percent of the population lives. And if the pandemic's going okay, uh, you tend to forget that it was miserable. I mean, we don't talk much about how miserable it was. That's not the news. The news is how good it's getting. And then the economy here in California, I mean, during the pandemic, the money was pouring into California. So if you compare the differences, there's no comparison. And what does that mean? Uh, As I've been saying, and I, you know, you may say I'm wrong at some point, although I'm willing to bet some big dollars on this one is that there probably will be an election a recall election. There will be two questions. Do you want uh, governor Newsom recalled And if you do, if the answer is yes, who do you want in there? Well, uh, and people are putting it. There's no limit to the number of people that can apply. You should see the crazies that are going to come in. Uh, It's going to be beyond constant, just beyond. It costs nothing. Uh, Maybe a couple of hundred dollars. I may run for governor. You know what? That's a thought. I actually may run. What's the worst thing that could happen? Becoming governor. That's the worst thing that can happen. Not only for me, 
but for you. So uh, the fun part of this, even though uh, you know it's not particularly fun for Newsom, the fun part of this is us. Us enjoying this. We're going to have the time of our lives. Now, let's move over to uh, the next phase of the pandemic. Uh, and as the pandemic uh, is working its way out, we now have uh, 65 million Americans fully vaccinated, 110 million Americans that have received at least one dose. Uh, we're looking at uh, what happens past this. And the issue that's emerging uh, as the next divide, because it's already uh, divided, is hilarious. Republicans uh, far more Repo- Republicans won't accept the vaccine than Democrats. That one I don't figure out. But uh, it's the vaccine passport that's emerging as the next divide. That has become politicized. And here's the problem. Uh, you've got, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you have li- civil libertarians that are saying no, that are latching on to Republicans conservative Republicans that are saying no, because we don't want the government involved in determining who has a vaccine, who's gotten vaccinated, who has not. And even the president has said uh, the federal government is not going to get involved. There will be no federal database. Uh, There will be no issuance of a vaccine passport uh, for any American. uh, And we're not going to mandate it at all. Well, uh, here's the problem. Let's go practical for a moment. Uh, Cafe Pacific Airlines, for example, uh, the crew, uh, pilots, uh, aren't even allowed to get into the airplane without this new mobile app showing their vaccination status. Uh, New York has its own Excelsior Pass. It's a free, fast, and secure way to to present digital proof that you've been vaccinated or you're showing negative. Uh, Walmart offering electronic verification apps to patients vaccinated in its store so uh, the patients can easily access their vaccine status. And uh, this is getting really interesting and very serious uh, because people who are not vaccinated uh, certainly are at risk and are at risk at transmitting And if you have enough people, you don't have herd immunity. And let's say you have uh, you've taken the vaccine and I had the the Pfizer vaccine and uh, it's 98 percent effective. Which is terrific. Doesn't that leave two percent chance? That you uh, are not getting the protection of the vaccine or a limited amount of protection from the vaccine. Now, while 98% effectiveness, efficacy sounds enormous, and it is, it's wonderful, uh, if you could win the lottery, if your chance was two out of 100 to win $100 million, how much money would you spend taking those odds? You'd go crazy. And that's 2%. So here you go, you're fully vaccinated, you have 2%. Then you have someone who is not vaccinated at all, who can be a carrier, uh, can be shedding virus because there's no vaccination. Now, if you have that other person who has also been fully vaccinated, now we're talking about the chances of getting this uh, virus are very, very small. So private businesses can say, 
if you don't show this passport, you're not walking into the store. Uh, you're not going to get served. Uh, I'm not going to, to help you. I'm not going to give you the service that I would have normally. Can they do that? You bet they can do that. And you can argue all day long, well, it's my fundamental right. It's my constitutional right. Well, read the Constitution. Which amendment says that you have a fundamental right to go shopping at Ralph's? I'd love to see this. And let me go on with that. Uh, Even uh, a local community, even a government, even a state can mandate, even the federal government can mandate that uh, everybody get vaccinated uh, to protect itself against uh, the epidemic of disease. Here is a quote in a case called Jacobson v. Massachusetts. A community has the right to protect itself against an epidemic of disease which threatens the safety of its members. You know when that was written? 1905. And that was Justice John Marshall Harlan who wrote that in that case. Beyond that, private companies, there is no issue, uh, are free to refuse to employ or do business with whomever they want. And subject to a few exceptions, for example, race, creed, religion, gender, that sort of thing, they can't discriminate. Uh, But that's already been ruled by the Constitution, uh, by the Supreme Court. Supreme Court has not yet ruled saying that you have a fundamental right uh, not to produce a vaccine passport. Uh, On Tuesday, Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, uh, he issued an executive order barring state agencies and private entities receiving funds from the state from requiring proof. In other words, here's a school, right, that receives money from the state, which virtually every school does. If the school mandates a passport, which means that they're mandating a vaccine, that they're mandating that you get vaccinated, uh, no money from the state. That is uh, the kind of pressure that uh, Abbott is putting on. Uh, Now, Rutgers, Brown, Cornell have already said they're going to require proof of vaccination for students this fall. And so what is the proof? Well, we get, and I'm sure this is uh, all over the country, where Moderna and uh, Pfizer, and I'm assuming Johnson & Johnson, gives you that little card, that little white card. And that is proof. Can that be a passport? It can. And uh, you can make a copy of it. Uh, As a matter of fact, I think Staples and a few other major uh, stores are actually laminating those for free. And so they're making it as easy as possible. But there is no universal passport. By the way, if you want a passport, it's a universal passport. You get a passport anywhere in the country, and it is universal. Are we ever going to get to a universal passport? Is the federal government ever going to come in? Probably not, because uh, the worst of uh, the pandemic is over. And now it's simply a question of private businesses saying, we want to make sure. Uh, If I had a store... Uh, I would say uh, I I want proof that you've been vaccinated or uh, a test within the last three days or five days that uh, you prove negative. Other than that, you know, you're not coming in. And there can be lawsuit after lawsuit saying you have to let me in. Nope. Absolutely not true. What if I want to go barefoot into a store? Uh, No. No. Uh, What if I want to walk in without a shirt? 
uh, if I want to, uh, you know, come in, it's a hot day, the sun is out there, and I don't want to wear uh, a shirt. Nope, you're not coming in. How about a face mask these days? Uh, no. Well, the next step is that uh, vaccine passport to prove that I'm either negative or uh, I've been vaccinated. All right, let's finish up with one of my favorite topics, sodomy laws. And this goes to show you just how crazy our legal system is uh, in the United States and in many parts of the country. Now, 20 years ago, uh, the Supreme Court down, uh, the Supreme Court struck down lo- the laws criminalizing uh, consensual same-sex activity. I mean, it used to be if you had if you were stooping someone of the same sex, I mean, that was a crime. And in some places, that was a felony. And in some places, you went to prison. So uh, let me story about uh, a guy by the name of Randall Menges. Uh, 1993, he was 18 years old. He was charged in Idaho under crimes against nature. God, I love that. For having sex with two 16-year-old males. Now, sex uh, in those days, we're talking about uh, the consensual sex, If it had been with females, he would have been fine because 18 years old, when a defendant is 18 years old, the age of consent uh, is 16 years old uh, in terms of defining consensual sex. So he was arrested and uh, he did seven years in prison and he was placed on uh, probation and required to register as a sex offender. Now, today, it wouldn't be an arrestable offense at all. There's absolutely no laws uh, that allow, uh, that criminalize consensual sodomy or oral sex or whatever. Those are all deemed unconstitutional. But here's what happens in Idaho. Idaho still requires people convicted of those crimes before the federal, before the Supreme Court ruled. They have to be on the state sex offender registry. Uh, Let me explain what that means. So you have a state, you have Idaho, uh, that says uh, we will not arrest you or criminalize this. There's no problem, but you were nailed, pardon the phraseology, you were nailed in Texas, and our law says that if you are convicted in another state and you are a registered sex offender in that state, we recognize the mandate for sex offender registration. So uh, he moves there and he can't get a job. He cannot get a job. Uh, Why? Well, because he's a registered sex offender. I mean, that's a tough way to go. Now, someone who has committed uh, what uh, I think most of us uh, consider a genuine sex offense, uh, certainly rape, uh, Uh, certainly having sex with a minor. I mean, there seems to be no issue about that. But having sex that is legal now, that was illegal back in the day, which crazy laws, and registered sex offender in another state, the law now says we have to recognize that. Uh, It's much like uh, state laws recognizing state laws. For example, if you get married in Massachusetts, uh, California recognizes that uh, marriage. If you get divorced uh, in New Mexico, California recognizes that. So at this point, uh, he is seeking to overturn his original conviction. And uh, based on that, 
I mean, there there are people in Texas who were arrested and convicted for having one joint in their pockets and were given massive sentences and did years in prison. And I don't know if they're still in prison because I think in Texas, uh, marijuana is uh, has not yet been decriminalized or even uh, declared legal. But, I mean, it's a crazy set of laws. And you would think in the United States, we wouldn't, uh, at this point, this time, this year, uh, we wouldn't have crazy laws like that. But it, it, this goes to show you how uh, nuts people still are when it comes to sex. It's really bizarre. You've got uh, states uh, in the Midwest, Idaho, Montana, et cetera, certainly in the Deep South, where sex is it's dirty, kind of perverted, same-sex sex, disgusting, anti-biblical, anti-God. Ah, welcome to America. I love talking about these cases. All right, we are done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.